Hello and welcome to another episode of Finding My Fit at 40. My name is Victor Solis and I'm here again with the bear, the bear, the bear. Barely. Barely. I can't decide whether I like the the or without the the. The is almost like an entrance. Bear is like, you know me and we're conversing. I feel like, yeah, if I see you, I'm just going to be like, hey, bear. But I wouldn't say, hey, the bear. But I'm like, the bear while I'm talking about you. It's like, hey, do you know the bear? Yeah, see, yeah. Then you can capitalize the the in speech at that point, maybe. It's official. I'm going to stay with the the while I introduce you. (laughs) So here I am with the bear, Mike Bearski. We're here to do another episode of Finding My Fit at 40. Uh, which we are chronologically going through the weeks of me getting into shape. Uh, started this whole journey at 2.46. We'll get an update of where I'm at now. And we're going to talk about some things today. Uh, Mike, how you doing? I'm great. Thank yeah. you for asking. How was your uh, St. Pat's weekend? Uh, it was... Why do you have to think about it so sure. hard? Because I, I, you know, I didn't so really thinking? celebrate that much. I, I got locked into a EMT refresher course. So that's pretty much been taking up um, part of my evenings. Gotcha. So I'm like, I'm not going to go out now. I, After I, saving I just, lives, it felt weird risking them. Right. Again. Yes. Thank yeah, you for okay. putting it that way. Yes, that <laughs> sounds way more heroic. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I played a lot of gigs this week. Uh, if I don't know if any of you listening can hear. My voice is a little tired. I sang a lot. Um, sure, don't turn your phone off. Mike. Yeah, that's, that's cool. on just me. Leave it on. Yeah, a one that's, time. That's right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which just reminded me to turn mine off as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, that's why I did it. Yeah, perfect. Thanks. <laughs> so yeah, I sang a lot. My voice is a little tired, but it was a good weekend. I had a lot of fun. Um, had a girl almost yank me over during a uh, set. Groupies. All right. Yeah, she came up and first off... If you're ever out of the bar and you're ever drinking and you see a musician, look at him, admire him as if he was behind glass. You do not need to get up next to him, <laughs> rub up on him, dance up on him, and try to... She girl, was obviously sober. She was obviously, obviously sober. sober. All right. Um, she had a few, and she came up and was talking to me while I'm playing. That's my favorite part. Oh, no. Is when they talk to you while you're right, singing. Right, because that's definitely when you want to hear about that, people's lives. I mean, it's exactly the easiest time to hold a conversation. Okay. yep. So she came up to me, was talking to me, and then kept, like, trying to, you know, dance with her butt on me, whatever. Whatever, it was funny, and we had a good time for a moment. And then later, she came up behind me again. I knew she was there, but I didn't know what she was doing. And she did That's one of terrifying. those... That's terrifying. I mean, I'm kind of grown accustomed to it, <laughs> doing this. It happens a lot. Okay. So she came up, like, side behind, like, kind of knew she was there, felt her for a second. And then she decided that... Have you ever seen a girl do that, like, sexy butt drop thing where they're, like, on a pole, but they do... You know what I'm talking about? Pop, lock, and drop it? Sure, whatever that's okay. called. I'm, I'm not hip with the times. You're doing great. So <laughs> she did that and used me... You're the pole. To hold her. Okay. And when she dropped, pulled on me as I'm Shut playing the song with my guitar and almost pulled me over <laughs> as well as herself. <laughs> now, did you break and I'm stride? Falling. I know, I kept playing the song. That's a professional yeah. right there. And I almost fell over and looked over at the bartenders. I was like, help me. <laughs> and one of them came running over. Uh, she was fantastic and saved me. And had everybody back up and away, got everybody off. But it was the first time I've almost ever been pulled over <laughs> in the middle, like, 
on my butt in the middle of a song. It's a good thing you have added uh, leg strength and stability. It is by absolutely. This point. Yeah. That is absolutely what I was thinking <laughs> at that moment. It was exactly. <laughs> I have to thank Mike. That's not at all what I was thinking. I didn't think it was. Yeah. No. So that was my week. Uh, it was fun. It was a good week. But uh, let's jump back into what we're here to talk about. I weighed in today at, I have to pull it up because I forgot, like a... It's about 232.4? Look at you having it on the nose. It's like I keep track of it. It's like you know what's going on. (laughs) 232.4, which means I'm down 0.4 pounds, which is about a half a pound I lost this week. And I have a confession, Mike. Oh, I love these. Lay it on me. I'll be your priest. So... Um, I gave in to temptation last night. Uh, I was not as disciplined. So here's what happened. I'll be the judge of that. Yeah. Lay, yeah. lay it out. All right. Here's what happened. And then I will judge you heavily. So yesterday I was playing a gig and it was just a crazy day. My son got sick. He had a fever over the weekend. Um, and so we were take, trying to take care of him. My wife had to play a gig at, um, in the morning yesterday. So she was playing. She was gone. It was me and both the kids. And okay. he's sick. And, you know, just a lot going on. Stressful. I yeah. can see it all adding so up. So getting them all together and situated while trying to get ready for my gig later that day. And I didn't eat anything except for a protein bar in the morning, which I've done a, a, quite a bit now. Right. I've been doing the protein bars in the morning because it's enough from what I want for me and I'm Keep good cravings go. down, get yeah. you on your way. Yeah. So I did that quick because that's, but this time it was mainly because that's, on the weekends I tend to make breakfast, but I haven't been able to. Right. They were sick. So I just ate the protein bar. And then I had to leave for my gig. So on the way, I ate another protein bar. Okay. I don't like to eat a full meal before I sing because then I'm like burping and like, People don't like that? Yeah. I mean, it's not really conducive to okay. good tips. Okay. I, mean, I don't really play establishments like that. <laughs> I don't really know what establishments are. You're missing out. That. I don't know. We can research that later. Yeah, we'll look that up. So I ate a protein bar on the way, and that's all I'd eaten was the two protein bars. Right. Which I've done that before, again, because of just busy, and it wasn't too bad. Yesterday, I was starving. So I played my gig, and afterwards, I kept thinking to myself, I have 2,000 calories to play with. <laughs> I'm going to use I'm going to play. Yes, All I'm right. going to play. All right. So I kept thinking of the awesomest meals that I could shove in my face. <laughs> and I thought of cookout. Have you ever eaten at a cookout? I have not. I've heard. Uh, I haven't even heard of cookout until I, I got to Georgia. But uh, Yeah, that's how we there. heard it. We, when we were driving down here, um, when we would take trips down, one of the exits that we would always end up taking had this cookout, and so we tried it. Pretty good burgers. Okay. I, All I right. would liken it to like a cross between like a Five Guys and a Wendy's is kind of what I feel like All when right. I think about All right. it. Um, it's pretty good. I enjoy them. And they're pretty cheap. They have like a, a a tray that you can get for like five or six bucks that has a burger, fries, and a drink I think comes with it too. Okay. Can't beat that. That's not a bad no. deal. <clears throat> Excuse me. See, I told you my voice is going to be acting up today. So, I want. I, I planned I was going to get a big double cheeseburger. Okay. From cookout, and I was still debating on the fries. But then they also have, they call them milkshakes. It's not really a, Love milkshake, a good milkshake, but it's not really a milkshake. It's more like a blended ice cream. Oh, like a blizzard. Yes. Some, okay. Similar, except Love it doesn't have like well. candy pieces in it. Right. But they have one that is peanut butter fudge. 
Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I do love a good chocolate and peanut butter combo. Oh, my goodness. It is so delicious. <laughs> so I was imagining... Oh, hold on. I got to take a sip here. Get in there. I'm just going to watch you creepily. <laughs> so, that's better. So they have this awesome um, ice cream with chocolate and peanut butter goodness that I was planning on eating along with my double cheeseburger. And I was super excited. I started thinking about it about halfway through my gig. <laughs> in fact, I had already plugged in to my fitness pal, the double cheeseburger. Nice moves. Because I was like, how much does this leave me? Will I be able to do the ice cream? All right. Oh, this is plenty. I was so excited, ready to roll, cleaned up. And I was like hurrying because I was hungry. Yeah, and I was it's excited. in your head now. Yeah, totally. So I drive to cookout to get in the drive-thru and there's like 12 cars in the drive-thru shut up i was very disappointed and i did not want to wait for 12 cars you didn't so want to be lucky number 13 no Never. so i drove off all disgruntled and slightly <laughs> sad and kept driving home and now as the wheels were turning okay well what else can i eat now because i still gotta eat i'm so I'm right. hungry. so I was thinking about what was on the way, and there really isn't a whole lot for the beginning of that drive back other than that cookout. And I'm driving, I'm driving, and then I thought, there's a Chipotle. All right. I love Chipotle. Chipotle's great. Oh, fantastic. So I had it in my brain. I'm going to do Chipotle, and I'm going to do double meat. Yeah, you do. And I'm going to get the guacamole, and I'm going <laughs> to do it up. And so I didn't even look it up. I just went, got in line, because at this point, I was already mad. That I didn't get emotions the have taken over. So I, know. I was like, I'm gonna eat this Chipotle and I'm gonna love it. And I got in line. I got what I my my favorite things. I get the brown rice. I get both beans. Okay, all right. You can't just do the one bean. You got to no. do both beans. I'm a multi bean kind of guy as well. Sometimes. And black beans, love them. Got both beans. Got the chicken, but I doubled the chicken because I like the chicken, but I wanted more, so I doubled it up and. Got the corn salsa on it. Okay, got all right. the pico on it, and then got the guac on top. I was a very happy man when I all saw right. this big old bowl of food in front of me. So it wasn't the first choice, but you still got something yeah. that made you happy. I ate the whole thing and was like, "This." I was like halfway through actually, and I'm like, "This is awesome! I feel so good." Oh, I gotta put this in. I wonder how much this thing's gonna be. I'm thinking it's gonna be like fifteen hundred calories because I just go. I got the <laughs> double meat and I got the. Uh, the guacamole put on it. I was like, oh, I look it up. It's like 800, yeah. 900 calories. Yeah. I was like, that's not even that bad. Here I am thinking that I'm splurging and it's not even that bad. So I could have ended there and just stopped, which is, oh, uh, I now you, should I'm you do, turn that I off? I did turn my phone off. This is so embarrassing. Ringing. I know. Terrible. Two. Two <laughs> that we've done every other episode without any problems. You and I both today. That's because I made fun of you for the last one. It is. One. That's, That's exactly, exactly what happened. Yeah. So I still had all, I thought, like 1,100 calories. And I could have stopped at that point. Right. And I would have been fine. But I didn't want to stop. No. You saw that milkshake was on the brain. Yeah. I still yeah. had, I was like, I need something else. And it just it went off in my brain. Have you, do you like tiramisu? I'm Italian. <laughs> so that's a yes. Okay. There you go. All right. Tiramisu. I'm not even a big coffee guy. Right. But I love me some tiramisu. 
Have you ever had Publix tiramisu? I have not. Like straight from their bakery? From their bakery. They make it's it in house? big old chunk of t- It actually says tiramisu on top. I think they have a stencil that they- They label they, and everything. They, no, on the cake oh, on itself. The cake. <laughs> they have like a little stencil that they put like the okay. espresso shaker yeah. or whatever they put on top. And then they it says tiramisu on That's the top. That's a classy move. Yeah, it's delicious. So- I had on my brain, I'm going to eat this giant piece of tiramisu. I'm going to stop. There's a Publix on the way. I'm just going to make it before they close. So I'm like racing to get there going. I'm a music guy, so I sing songs. I was singing to myself, I'm going to eat tiramisu. (laughs) I'm so excited. I get there about 10 minutes before they close, run in. No tiramisu. Oh, my God. This is not your night. It was not my night. So... I could have just stopped and again been like, eh, whatever. But I was already at, at that point. So you I had needed, a sweet fix yeah, in your head. I, I you're had gonna it in get my brain. Yep. So I turned around. I was like, what else can I eat? I was looking at stuff. And I didn't want to just eat something that I wasn't going to like enjoy because that would have been worthless. So I was looking at different stuff and I was like, ah, oh, that looks, nah, I don't want that. That looks, no, I don't want that. And I had some stuff that was like borderline that I'm like, if it's good, this would be perfect. Right. But if it's not a good one. I'm going to be so mad. Not only did I waste calories on it, but I wasted money on it. Ugh. And then I turned around and I saw, this is a big one for me. I don't know, for other people, this is kind of one of those things that not everybody loves. But I love me some carrot cake. Okay. I'm a big carrot cake fan. And it had cream cheese That's icing. That's the only way to do it. Right? It's the only I way to know. do it. So cream cheese icing on the carrot cake. It was a big old hunk of it. And I was like, oh, I wonder what this is. And luckily, I didn't have to look far on the label. It said 850 calories. How refreshing is that? And I said, get in my face. (laughs) So I took it up to the front, checked out, sat in my car, and devoured. (laughs) Like an animal. A giant Couldn't even get home. No way. (laughs) At that point. Been there, uh -uh. for the record. Ate the entire piece of carrot cake and felt like I should feel guilty for a minute. And I was like, oh. And then I was like, no, it was good. My dude. I don't feel sick. I don't feel guilty. I'm good. I plugged it in. I was like, I'm still under calories for the day. There you go. And then I told all that story to get to today. I lost pork four pounds. But I think it's because we talked about last week. I think I'm bloated today because I right. feel bloated from all the sugar. That's exactly right. And not, not just the sugar, it's the carbs in general. Every gram of carb you take in, your body stores five to six grams of water weight. I don't remember if we said this last show or not. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so 100 grams of carbs, pound of, of you know water weight stored. You add in extra sodium from, from what you haven't been eating and you're just storing water weight, which is not a big deal. And you, it is when I weigh in on Mondays right before right, the show right. and it's not a whole... You know, I, yeah, yeah. That's, you're not, like you're not getting your driest weight on the, the Monday weigh-in after weekend, which is fine. So that's why we look at trends. Um, so we could even count your lowest weight of the week as uh, a target weigh-in as well. So it doesn't have to be Monday. Let me see. So today I was 232.4. Yesterday, or or, yeah, yesterday, I was 231.6. See? So if you take that into account, that's like another pound off. So it's about a pound and a half, which is about on track to where I was doing. That's what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah, so it doesn't have to be the Monday weigh-in necessarily. And, And I love, kind of, love, not love, love, hate. There's some sort of love in there. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) You start this whole thing off about how you had a weak moment and you weren't disciplined, but everything you did 
kept your, your overall goal in check. You still tracked it and not obsessively because, well, hell, even if it was obsessive to a certain degree, it's obsessive to the way of making sure that you can enjoy your life. You got the things that you wanted, you enjoyed them, and you were still on point to be successful with your goal. So a lot of people will look at this calorie counting and keeping track of things that, well, that's obsessive behavior and that can create disorders. And sure, I mean- If you go extreme with anything, I'm sure. Right, right. You know, gambling can cause people to have gambling addictions, but some people also just go gamble, lose $100, $200, win a few hundred, whatever the case may be, and they're fine. I feel attacked. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't even begun to attack. (laughs) So it's, it's- it depends on how you look at it. You know, if somebody hasn't been happy with progress up to this point and then they develop one quote unquote, uh, you know, unhealthy obsessive behavior and that's a behavior that allows them to legitimately enjoy their lives everywhere else, I, that's an obsession I can sign off on. Fair. So you crushed it. Basically, I did all of that. enjoy that piece of cake. Let me just tell you. Yeah. And, and if you hadn't had it, you'd be thinking about it all week. So that's so, another part of that. But the other side that I'm a little concerned about with today and just kind of moving forward is what we talked about last week is the snowballing now. Okay. It's because I did indulge in that big old piece of cake. Am I now going to have, is my brain going to be, oh, well, that was delicious. Let's do some more of that. Let's do some more of that. So we'll see how today goes and the rest of this week. Um, Cravings are brutal sometimes. They can be. And 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 generally the day after, if you haven't experienced it yet, you're going to be fine. I found if I I overeat or if I go out and and drink a little too much, um, that next day, that's when I'm kind of starving and really want just everything in the world. And with my ability to eat food, that can get real real gross real quick. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So if, if the day after you're fine... Um, and not really feeling a tremendous amount of cravings, you're probably fine. And, and I'd say again, if you hadn't indulged a little bit, you'd think about it for all week. And the next big stress moment you have, that's when you would have likely binged at that point and then gone over. And it's the binges when you go past what your goal is that kind of gives that negative psychological signal that, well, fuck, I've, I've ruined everything already. Like I might as well just you know, have more and more and more. And then it gets harder and harder to, to pull back at that point. But you had the reins on it. And I ate the entire piece of cake. This is what I was thinking while I was eating it. I don't know if this is proper psychological whatever. Um, but I was eating it and I almost stopped because I was, as I'm eating, I was thinking to myself, you know, I don't need this whole piece of cake. I'd probably be satisfied halfway through. Maybe I should just stop here. But the other part of me was if I eat this whole thing, I'll get it out of my system. I ate this whole piece of cake. It's not going to crush me. No. And I can eat the whole thing. And then I've eaten an entire piece of cake. And now I'm like, okay, I'm good for a little right. while. So I decided to go for it and just ate the whole thing. Um, I may have even licked the fork when I was done and got all of the cream cheese off right, of but, it. Right, but nobody can fact check that, so, so you're yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, that's hearsay. May or may not, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly, yes. Right. So, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Yeah. And then I drove home, and I felt like I was programmed, like I should feel guilty. And I did. I even said to you to start you out, I was like... You did. I, I kind of gave in temptation. That's all. The word's weak and I didn't, wasn't as disciplined and... Yeah. You know, yeah. And none of that was a negative as far as I'm concerned. And this is the whole point of, of what I'm trying to instill. You don't have to just eat half the cake. Sure, you could have. And you could have saved a few hundred calories for the day. But also, you can just... In, 
enjoy your life and you're still on track and you can find other times for bigger deficits later on when it's not as big of a struggle. That's what makes this whole process a lifestyle as opposed to an extreme diet that you cannot enjoy yourself with. And that's not sustainable. That's where people get absolutely miserable. I had a health teacher in high school say this to me once. She was teaching and this was one of the things that she said. And it stuck with me for this all these years that I've kind of tried to model my life after this idea. And it was also something that I thought about going through this whole cake thing. Right. Was she said, um, everything in, wait, what, now I'm losing the thing. It says moderation. Oh, anything in excess is bad. I knew the premise of it, but I couldn't think of the exact wording. Anything in excess is bad, including moderation. Hmm. So every now and then, you've got to just let it out let it and all go hang in out. excess. Yeah. yeah. So everything in excess is bad. I like including that. Including moderation. Genius. Bring her on. <laughs> <laughs> and because of that, I've thought about that about just in life in general. And in that moment, I was like, this is my excess. This is my letting it all out yeah, kind again, of deal. It even wasn't. But it felt like that. It and I felt feel like, like that. that's, that's what's more important. Of the that's psychological stuff. Yep. That's the yeah. That's I wanted it to feel like that, and that's kind of why I decided like halfway through that piece of cake that I'm just gonna eat yeah. the whole dang thing is because I wanted to feel like I just completely indulged, and I want to. I'm still experimenting. I feel like I'm learning through this whole process. Not I feel like I am learning through this whole yep. process, and this is just one of the other things that I wanted to learn and try. Is eating the entire piece of cake gonna work and be satisfying, or should I have maybe stopped halfway right. through and kept the other half for today because I'm gonna feel like I really want something? So I'll use the other half as okay. another All right. the, the satisfaction. I don't know. I've tried with different things. I like the other a couple episodes ago we talked about I had soda and I did that with the soda where I only drank half of it and I right. drank the other half the next day. And what I felt like, which is why I ended up eating the entire piece of cake, was that I started creating a trend then. Two days in a row, I drank the soda. Yes, it fit into my calories better, but psychologically, I was like, well, now I I want more crap because I had it two days in a row. So it's almost like if you don't save it, you can just wait till the craving does hit, indulge, and then move on. And you you probably space out the cravings more. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm trying and giving it an attempt. That's what I was kind of in my brain as I was eating it, and I don't feel too crazy now. And Good. I might be able to, if I do even have a craving today, those Fit Crunch bars, there you go. Yep. I think, will hit it enough. Whereas when I had the soda and I still want had the second soda the other day, the Fit Crunch bars were just not quite enough. Right. That, at least it, that, so it took a lot of discipline to not overindulge after that. So we'll try. Like at this moment, I don't feel like I'm craving anything. Right. But it's early on yeah, a Monday. And, and, yeah, and again, for me, so. I find my morning my mornings are going to tell me how the rest of my day is going to go okay. craving wise. But that's me. Okay. So that's that's something. Um, I love that you're you're being highly intuitive about that and feeling it out and just let's see where it goes. And embracing that kind of path is is huge. You're giving yourself the flexibility to figure it out. I mean, that's why we're here trying Correct. to learn. I mean, that's why we're here in general. Not even just on the podcast, just in life in general, is right. to kind of figure things out. So I feel like I try to be as self-aware as possible in most things. And this is just another one of those things that I'm trying to find out what works for me. And the psychological part of things, I feel, is such a 
bigger piece it's than huge, we ever made. It's huge. And and this is what I love. This is what makes you a highly culture coachable trainee. And this is is what kind of relationship I love to have with. And not everybody approaches it this way. Because I can't tell you all of the things that are going to work for you. You know? I, yeah. But if you're communicating with me... I thought you were a good coach, Mike. You don't uh, know everything. You, you know, know good, not everything. Great. good, not great. Good, not great. I don't know. Fair. <laughs> so, and, but, but that's what I feel like separates a good coach from, from a great coach. Um, not that I'm putting myself on a great. I think I'm pretty great. But... <laughs> I think you're pretty slow, too, Mike. <laughs> a good coach is just going to put somebody on the path. This is what you need to do. Like, you just got to do it. And, and they may know their shit. And, and that can work. For, for some people, but it's not going to work for everybody. A great coach is going to be able to have those conversations and, you know, inspire dialogue and it needs to be a back and forth. So if I don't know where your mind's at, I can't tell you like, oh, no, no, that, that is okay. No, no, you're, you're doing great. Like, okay, well, maybe we can veer over this direction with this. So the fact that you do communicate well about all of that, the, the negative things and the negative words that I get to hear you speak, even when you're doing something right, we can now make something an acceptable behavior as opposed to something that you have cheated on or that makes you feel guilty or when you feel you lack discipline, when in reality, everything you did was disciplined as far as I'm concerned. So that same health class, I learned a lot from this health teacher Apparently. in high school. Yeah. So that same health class, we t- we learned about, oh no, I lied. So it, was, it wasn't the that same class. It was a different, it was a sports psychology class I took in high school. Oh, okay. And we learned about the psychology of negative words, just like you had just said. And he was the um, running coach. He he taught uh, all of the cross country and all the the running events and the track and field. That's what I I couldn't find. There you go. I was was thinking we were all distance here and I (laughs) am out. Track and field coach. (laughs) And he mentioned that the psychological part of sports is really important. Like when you're running, instead of saying don't stop, you're telling yourself don't. Your brain hears don't. Mm-hmm. And all you hear is don't and stop. And so your body is hearing don't and stop. Right. When you're saying those in your head, it doesn't hear don't stop as if as in keep going. So tell yourself Keep going. Right. I got this. And be positive about it and you have better response from your body. It's a better psychological difference. Yeah, that makes sense. Difference. So I'm trying to have kind of that same mentality with this. And it's easier said than done. Obviously, all of this stuff is easier True. said than done. True. Everything we've talked it, about. It's about developing habits and consistency. But it gets it's also easier. easier to create that habit if you enjoy it a little bit oh, more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or if you're building yourself up as you're doing it. So instead of saying and using negative words through things, like that's why I didn't like the idea of counting calories. Right. I like the idea of accounting for them. I'm accounting for what I need for today. I'm accounting for my lifestyle. It's very different to me. It's got than, different connotations. Yeah. To it. Absolutely. And so getting rid of all the negative connotations really, for me at least, helps create that positive spin on all of this that I can see myself continuing this. And we'll see whether I can continue it. I I'm, I have faith in myself. There you go. And I believe that there, I can. There's no seeing but if you can. You you absolutely can. You're doing it. You've taken to it very very quickly, and you're you're reaping the rewards of those. But I also don't want to be unrealistic that there are lots of people that have done these things and lost lots of weight and done really well, 
and then fall off the wagon. So True. I want to make sure that I don't fall off the wagon. Right. That's but essentially the, what the, I'm saying. The difference, sure the difference between the those two scenarios, though, is that the majority of the people you see going off the wagon, they, and they have studies showing that that people will gain more weight back than they lost in half the time it took to take it off. But those are from the extreme side of things. Those are the extreme diets, extreme programs, not learning a new lifestyle. So the whole point of of building these new consistent habits and learning what works for you and what you legitimately resonate with is that by the time you've, you've created that success for yourself, it's your lifestyle. So, it, it, you know, you, you're taking this this year-long journey. So at the end of the year, when you're beyond where you wanted to be and you were living this new lifestyle, it would take you, you know, a year again to just start doing all these negative things that would cause you to fall off the wagon as far as that goes. So it's just, it's not going to happen with you. Just not. I don't know. Food's delicious. That's Food all is delicious. And that's, that's, is that's delicious. another thing I was thinking about while you were telling your whole story is that it fascinates the hell out of me. And I've experienced this too at how food-driven we are as a species. You yeah. know, some people, there's outliers all over the place that, that just aren't driven by that. But we are highly driven by food, which is why it's so difficult for people to maintain and, and adhere to these strict lifestyles for a long, long period of time. I mean, I feel like that's all animals in general are pretty food driven. True. I mean, I mean you, you overfeed you a dog, your... that dog's going to get fat. It's and just... that's how you control your animals. I True. mean, when you train a dog, what do you use? Right. Treats for yeah, the most part. Absolutely. Obviously, there's outliers. Some dogs prefer to be loved on, and they they'd rather be petted. Right now, I feel like dogs' yeah. willpower isn't as big as ours because they haven't figured out how to drive cars to multiple locations, and they don't know about the public's tiramisu. Um, <laughs> so they're really missing they're out missing as far out. as all that goes. Yeah, right. Big time. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my experience with food this week. I also. Again, had to work out because, you know, that's the whole yeah, part that's of this sort of side part of this of the, thing. Yeah. Integral, I missed one at the beginning of the week. I know last week I missed it at the end of the week. So right. I actually missed two workouts in a row. It was a tough couple weeks. We were busy. I kept – what happens to me is I plug it in for this is when I'm going to do it. And then when that comes up, something else comes up and I'm going to go, oh, I'll move it here. Right. Oh, I have time. Oh, I can do this. And then that time's just gone. And then it's the end of the week. And I was like, oh, I just missed that workout. So that's what happened to me this week. So I wanted to make sure I got in to do that workout. This was my second one this week. And I really wanted to do the squat. Okay. I haven't done a squat with weight yet. Right. Because my shoulder, shoulder range of motion. Issue. Yep. Well, I got the shoulder loosened up and I was able to do a squat this Fantastic. week with, with weight. And I kind of, I like those moves. I like the squat. I like the deadlift. Okay. Those are, All right. I enjoy those. So I was able to do the squat. It's a way different workout when you actually have a bar over it, you it and do it. Because I was doing squats just at home, but it's just keeping form and doing things. It it's is. just different. P- when you people don't look at the squat as a full body exercise. It, it is. It's yeah. absolute full body from the, the upper stability, the core stability. The shoulder's still a little tight too, by the way. Okay. It's not perfect, but I was able to do it. Where Good. When I first did it with that bar, I couldn't even get that arm back without right. being in severe so pain. Now knowing you so have that, because you, you have your percussion massager, you already yeah. know that shoulder is going to be an issue. You work the the front end of that shoulder so that it can relax enough to pull back to the bar for the next time. So just you know, kind of create that that mobility uh, routine so that you're consistently doing that. Yeah, I've been working on that. 
on my shoulder just in general throughout the week. So good, it's good. good to go for the, But doing it right before weekend, is almost but... like a part of your warm-up at that point, too. Oh, that's a good so idea. you'll be able to get it, your shoulder back. It'll be blood will have rushed to there from you having pounding it out with the, the percussion massager. Stretch it a little bit. Um, not, not too long. When you're getting into resistance training, you don't want to stretch for more than, uh, I'd say, 30 to 45-ish seconds on any given stretch because you're then telling the muscle to relax and, and kind of calm down to then tell it to, nah, now I need you to do work and really basically put out force as, as much as you can. But you lose some force production by completely relaxing the muscle right before lifting. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, science and shit. Yeah, science. So did, was able to do the squat and then moved on and started doing other things. But this is the other thing that I wanted to bring up with you. So the rest of the workout kind of just went as usual. But while I was doing one of, I think, the bench press, while I was benching, I was sitting there during the rest in between sets. And I saw another gentleman walk up to the squat rack. And he had a bag with him. And he switched his shoes before he started. Yep. And I was curious why. So I asked him. Nice. Because, I mean, we all have headphones in. Everybody's ignoring everybody. But I wanted to know. <laughs> and I figured, you know, I'm usually pretty social. Why can't I be a little social at the gym? Why? What's the difference? My little so wallflower has blossomed. I, you know, it's been a few times that I've gone to the gym. I was really nervous with it at first. Right. I'm getting a little bit more comfortable. But part of me getting comfortable is because I'm actually learning a little bit about the gym. So... Anyway, he had the he had switched his shoes, so I asked him about why he switched his shoes, and he said about stability, and he has the his regular running shoes are too squishy when yep. he does the rack, so he doesn't yep. like using regular Which running shoes. Why had you take your shoes so off when yes. we ran you through your movement assessment? Yep. So I used my shoes that are that I have that are less squishy. That's what I've been right. going to the gym in now. Um, and but when I do the deadlift, I've been taking my shoes off Perfect. to do the deadlift. I didn't take them off to do the squat though. I probably should have done that to do the squat. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking yep. about it, I should do that for next time. But you can also just get a minimal shoe. I, I like to lift in a, a minimal shoe. I'll go either barefoot or minimal shoe. Not bare for the gym. I'll just go socks. But um, so I have different shoes as well. I have my my walking running shoes and I have my lifting shoes. All right. So I might have to do that. Okay, I'll t- well, well, maybe another episode we'll talk about that because I wanted to get into so, – so I sat and I talked to him and I asked him. And when he explained some stuff, I realized I got a little bit more comfortable and it made me think what things are good – some do's and don'ts about the gym that you should know before you go – because that was kind of, I think, what made me nervous is I walked right. in there and it's been so long since I've been to a gym. I was like, what can I do? What should I do? How does this work? How do I do this? So I thought maybe you could go over some do's, don'ts at the gyms and just some mistakes that beginners make like the shoe thing. That I would have not I would not have realized that right. had you not told me that. And then seeing him do it, I was curious why – like because he wasn't even doing squats at first. So he was doing like – these presses like over his head yep, overhead oh, press yeah yeah and but he had switched his shoes before he did all that so what are some do's don'ts some kind of major beginner mistakes that they make that you make at the gym <sighs> i know i don't, it's kind I of don't know i've got nothing stuff. nothing i'm just kidding <laughs> All right. Um, basically, you're, you're digging into gym etiquette a little bit. So, I mean, the, the shoes thing is, is 
prep work and planning ahead of time, which is kind of number one. I mean, we, we talked a few episodes back about just walking through the gym with no intent to work out. So there's no stress there applied to the mix. Kind of get the lay of the land. Once you have the lay of the land, going in with a plan is huge. Because I, I, there's a lot of people that will come in and they're just like, I'm just going to run the circuit on machines. And they'll bounce back and forth with, with no plan. Nothing to build on from next workout, which you know everything we've set you up with is progressive overload. It's how the body adapts. So having a plan is, is crucial, okay? Um, ha- having a plan, and again, this is, this is more advocating for having a decent program, but having a plan that is, builds on itself from, from one weekend to the, or one week to the next, one workout to the next is absolutely crucial. Not going balls to the wall. Okay, going in and just slamming every muscle group you can and just burning everything out is one of those extreme fixes. So when you're, you're prepping to get to the gym and get into a, a proper routine, you might not need to be in the gym for five, six, seven days a week. That's, that's also one of the biggest mistakes people make. Everybody wants the results fast. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, the actually often, <laughs> the, the fastest way to get those results is not with you know, beating the shit out of yourself every single day. It's exhausting mentally, it's exhausting physically, and you're going to do more damage likely by that point. Uh, the shoes thing is, is one of those. If, if you're lifting and the main force is going through the ground, you want the stability to come from your musculature and, you know, your, your feet being in inappropriate positions and able to kind of fight the ground. That's how you're going to build connective tissue stability and strength and in joints and such. If you have squishy shoes... You can't really see it necessarily, but your feet are, you know, I love how none of this is on video, so people are not seeing me move my hands around like a crazy person. <laughs> so it's probably better. <laughs> so your, your feet are going, moving back and forth, almost like, uh, think of it like those little bozu balls or the little half ball plank things. I'm spacing on what those things are called right now, but you don't need those. And basically, that's what your foot is doing in, in little micro movements. So you're not creating the most so force production from the ground. They're kind of They're moving a little bit a little to fight bit. that. Yeah. yeah, and if if you are, look, if you are standing barefoot on the ground, there's a change in the position of your knee as your arch falls and as it raises and your knee will turn in and out as far as that goes. So if you engage the ground with your toes, with your feet, that's where your stance and your power starts from, right there on the ground and it works its way up. And any little change that can bring you outside of alignment can cause issues further upstream. So those knees have twisted. If they've twisted into a, a not an optimal position for you, might cause an issue at the hip and then upwards at the back. And you're not creating as much force in as healthy a range as you possibly can at that point. You'll know if your feet and ankles and such are doing the right thing if you're contacting more of a solid surface. So that kind of creates more stability than, than walking in with, you know, two inches worth of cushioning under your feet, which a lot of people don't think about. And we just want to wear comfortable shoes. And you're told that, I mean, you're told that shoes, running shoes are great supportive shoes. Right. That's, I mean, that's... And we, we could have a whole episode on, on what's better for your foot. Barefoot running all the way up to making sure you have proper art support and 
you know, we're supporting that musculature. It, and I've, I've heard things on both sides of the house. And I obviously have my opinions mm-hmm. because I'm highly opinionated. <laughs> but again, we're, we're going off on a tangent. That's why we have it here. Mark. Yeah, it is, right? Here. We're going off on a tangent. So that's, that's kind of the shoe thing. Um, and digging into gym etiquette. And I feel like this is where most beginners are going to be uncomfortable. How do I know if somebody's using this? Or, or can I ask somebody if, you know, they're using it or do people want to talk to me? Can I go talk to this person? You, it, it's, it's very difficult to approach a two to 250 pound, you know, uh, beefcake <laughs> or, you know, a very fit female either. Like there's plenty of people in the gym that look like they know what they're doing and you don't want to approach them because you think you're going to look like an idiot. But the fact is any, well, most, most of these men and women who have spent a lot of time in the gym all started from ground zero. So they'll be happy to point you in the right direction. Don't go try and have a conversation. Don't go hitting on people in the gym. That's, that's another rule of gym etiquette-wise. If they've got headphones in, don't go there and treat it like your own personal Tinder space. But if you need to ask something legitimately, most people will be happy to point you in the right direction. If they're not, they're an asshole. So don't take that personally either. That is not the, the majority of people that are in there. So... If you know what your plan is, you know, say you have bench press that day, it's okay to walk up to somebody during their rest set and be like, hey, how many more sets do you have here? They will be happy to tell you, I've got two more. And then you know when you can come back around there, whether or not you should go just walk on the treadmill for five or 10 minutes, or if you should, you know, skip ahead to a a different exercise and circle back to that. You can then kind of readjust your plan at that point. Um... I have a question because this is something that while I was at the gym that I'm like trying to figure out the plates. Okay. Using plates. So when the squat rack that's at the Y where that I'm at has the rubber coated plates, the bumper plates, the bump, yep. is that what they're called? Bumper it plates. Is. Okay. It has the bumper plates. Um, that's because they, you put on the floor or whatever. Correct. It's so for like, the bumping. Yeah. So, <laughs> but so I know that those need to be used on that, but what about like moving plates to like, so I went and did bench and I felt weird because I grabbed those bumper plates to use on the bench. Yeah, don't grab those bumper plates for the bench. Yeah, that's the <laughs> stuff that I'm talking about. So I just did it because I was like, they were here, nobody's there. That, that's a I'm minor one. Gonna... That's one I've looked at people. I'm like, oh, they're taking my weight right now that I could be using for deadlifting. But but a lot of people aren't going to push into that much weight. Not saying that I, I, can, I can lift heavy. I'm not lifting astounding numbers. That's not what I was trying to imply there. But if, if I'm going to pull 400 plus pounds off of the ground and you've taken a 45 or two off, like I now don't have enough 45s because of that's, that's just what they stock in the Y. Um, the, the way to look at that is if you're in that station, which is the only place that bumper plates are going to be used at, at the Y and you're squatting, it's fine to use those bumper plates because nobody's deadlifting there behind you. But bumper plates are there to be basically not slam metal into the ground. That's what they're there for. So if you're using those for uh, uh, the bench press or, you know, the leg press or whatever, you're taking it away from somebody, who somebody be, being able to use that. Now, and again, that may be a non-issue if the Y is dead or nobody's using it, but it's a good habit to get into to just use the metal plates that are that are basically there for those other barbell moves. So then is there... It, What's proper etiquette about the rest of the plates then? You just keep kind of keep them where they are or because I also see the like some I'm jumping into another question, I guess. But that so the plates, if 
you keep can I keep the do I keep the plates in that section or can I not move them around like no you can move them around the plates that's I've thought rules. about that too it's it's almost an impossible game to worry about organizing the entire gym so if you pull plates from somewhere and if it feels better to put them right back where they were even though there's now like twelve forty fives in that one section and it's sparse somewhere else use logic like if you've moved them to a spot where there weren't that many just put them right back where in on that rack over in that area so it's fine just to kind of move them around spread them around that's that's not a gym faux pas as far as that goes not putting up your weights is one of those negative gym etiquette things what do you mean but you should not always them put off your put no, them back yeah some people will just rack. leave them on the barbell and walk away yeah i didn't even think that was see i was taught with anything you put it back where you got it oh well that's because you're a good human well Right. No, it, it should days. be a very obvious thing, but there are lazy people and they just don't give a shit. What about the bars themselves? So It depends on where you're at. They, because I, I didn't notice, like I had a, when I went the other day, there was not a bar at the squat rack. Right. There was, there because they usually have two in the back that are sitting there. Right. There was nothing. They were okay. Gone. So I just took one. I knew the bench was my next move. So I took it from the bench oh, knowing nice. that I was yeah. going to have to go back to the bench with it. So I took it, and that's also why I ended up using the rubber plates is because that's what I was, I, I went right from there to there. Gotcha, So I gotcha. just went with the bar and the plates. Yeah, you just over. sort of stuck with the pattern you yeah, were in, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's fine. That's that's not a big, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. by any means. It's just one of those little things where you, okay, I could be a little more thoughtful here. You didn't so wreck anybody's workout, I'm sure. it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal, but think about it. If while you were squatting, somebody else wanted to use that bench, they'd then have to pull another bar over at that point. So that's just another one of those like polite things that you could have left that bar there and gone. I think in the, the corner over where the uh, chest support T-bar row is, there's usually more bars. But somebody should have also put those bars back. Like there should have been one Yes, because that that's where, you know, it's the main lifting, you know, pad for squats and deadlifts. Somebody should have left a bar there. Okay. Because these are the things that I was, that's the questions for me in the gym. It's like, so wait, wait, should I do this? Can I? The other thing that I didn't know that I found out, you had put into my workout the using the ropes. Yep. And the first time I went, I didn't do it because I was like, this gym doesn't have any ropes. I don't see them <laughs> anywhere. I didn't realize, <clears throat> excuse me, there's an entire bin yeah. of different things you can clip on to the, the universal machines yep i never did that when i went to the gym they were just always whatever was there i clipped, right i and, used and sometimes some gyms will have them hanging a little more open and you see that that bin is like on top of or beside uh, a rack that has other bars set up on it yeah, yeah. and any gym you go to that's a well stock gym will have all the attachments necessary you just got to find where they are so i had no idea that you can just swap out the attack i saw somebody do it right while i was there and i went Oh. <laughs> so I switched up, and then I went searching through the bin, got what I wanted, and put it, clipped it on, right. was able to do the stuff. What's etiquette in that? Should I just leave what I was using, or put it back, or switch them back? That one, as far as I'm concerned, you know, there's people gonna argue with you on on any front. I, it's either or. I I would I usually will just leave it because somebody's gonna come in and want that behind me and somebody may come in and want something else and they're just gonna switch it out. And me personally, I don't mind switching it out. I got the machine I want, it's five to ten seconds to swap it out something I need, not a big deal. So I, I think this this entire bubble of, of gym etiquette, nothing you did was like 
like a, a big mistake by any means. Well, I and try to be a compassionate human you, being. You in are general, right. So, so in so, the, <laughs> yeah. you are highly compassionate, yeah. and I do love that about you. I, lo- just, I love your soul. I mean, courteous, just being. I guess compassionate is not the right word, but courteous individual. Like, I just try not to be a jerk to people, and like. Put it back where you got it, and and but that's the bulk of good gym etiquette. If if you're not creating a mess, you're putting your your weights away. Um, you're not hogging one area needlessly, and it's it's usually the approaching of other people that people have a, a tough time with, or feeling like they're going to be judged or approached and told they're doing something wrong. So if you're not monopolizing one specific spot for an hour, you're fine. That might be a little excessive there, but. For a long period of time, you're fine. And you are well within proper gym etiquette to approach somebody and just ask them how many sets they've got. And then just don't hover. And then if somebody asks you, be polite and let them know. And, you know, if it's too long and, and they want to be a jerk about it, like, they can they can move on. And that's on them. You're going to find, again, assholes everywhere. That is what it is. I just want to make sure we communicate and cement that for the most part, you're going to be in a, a positive environment and if you meet an asshole, it sucks if it's the first person you meet that can really set somebody off and think that this is just how it is and I don't belong here. That is not the norm and that is not how it works. That person was literally just an asshole. Write them off and continue trying to build that confidence. All right. One more question. It's the first time I'm going to the gym. Let's pretend I'm taking a bag, a gym bag. Okay. What are the must-haves that I need in my gym bag? Okay. I have not put anything in my gym bag. You're just carrying an empty gym bag? I have not. <laughs> yeah, I'm just carrying an empty bag around. No, I haven't done anything so far. I what I when I first started, I was wearing the shoes that I would work out in, and I would just go do the workout and leave. Like I, that was it. Okay. I carried my phone in. That was the only thing that I had right. with me in my headphones. But I see a lot of people carrying gym bags, and I know not everybody has the benefits of being able to just walk in, walk out. They have to get to work, or they, they're not coming back home, or right. they're doing every, something else. So I'm starting at the gym for the first time. I'd say I'm, and I, and I have a bag. What are the must-have things that I should have in my bag, in your opinion? I'm that, putting you on the spot on this one. No, I, I love being on the spot. It's my favorite area. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's it's really going to depend on the person and where they're on their train. Right for me personally, I have my uh, weighted belt that I hang weight on for for pull ups and dips, things like that. I have um, my liquid chalk because you know based after COVID they stopped putting chalk in the gym, they stopped putting towels in there. So having a towel, uh, liquid chalk, I have for just added grip for uh, deadlift. I have that extra pair of shoes. Uh, it's just a nice, convenient place for wallet, keys, phone. So having a bag, yeah, a big empty bag is just ludicrous. But, um, and then I, I have some extras. I have some lifting straps. I'll have a mobility ball, like a lacrosse ball. So for the beginner, first time walking in the gym, all you really need is a towel and a place to put all your stuff. You're not really, and the extra shoes, you're not really digging into advanced lifts at this point. You don't need them. You're not lifting enough weight, most people, by this point to exceed their grip. So it, it, that's something that you don't need to feel like, oh, man, am I showing up to the gym with all the right stuff? You don't need the right stuff. The gym has everything that you need minus your, your footwear and a towel for you know just the why. Other people's gyms may be having towels So I haven't been taking a towel. Should I be taking a towel? Are you sweating profusely? 
I mean, they have paper towels and the clean at the gym. They have the, and I wipe down my machine after. No, no, that's that's towel. fine. I, I mean, mostly for if you're sweating. I'm a bald man. Okay, you're not running into the same scenario that I am. So if my head or face gets sweaty, it's nice to just kind of wipe off with my own towel and move on. Or if my hands get a little slick and I'm trying to use utilize grip moves, then it's nice to just kind of dry off at that point. I mean, I've gotten a little sweat. I haven't gotten overly... That was one of the things that went through this whole thing. Like, I haven't gotten ridiculously right. sweaty through these workouts. And, that, and that's fine. And a lot of people will use that as a marker of a good or bad workout. And whether or not you sweat or are sore is not a good... Is not the, the main identifier of a good workout. It's just not. I'm trying I, to keep that in mind because I still feel like there's times when I leave and I'm like, this is pretty hard, but I don't feel like, <laughs> like, did I really get a good workout in today? I, I don't generally sweat a lot when I work out. It's if I decide to do a lot of volume on a big move like deadlift or if I'm, you know, if I actually do engage in some cardio because it's the devil. <laughs> um, <laughs> so those are some of the times where I will you know, get a little bit sweaty. And yeah, yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's just your fatigue levels and how hard you have pushed on any given set is going to be more of a determining factor on whether or not you had a good workout than whether or not you're sweating. All right. Fair. My hamstrings are a little sore today. Woo! Actually. So I tried the last two times I, I did the, the, I think I saw you had like your most volume ever on your leg curls because I, so um, See again, oversight. I know, yeah. <laughs> but I also, again, I just doing dumb stuff. I'd had too much weight, and I couldn't get through the sets that you gave me. Right. And I was only get, I was like, only getting through the second set, and I couldn't even do a third set. Right. For the last two times, so I dropped the weight down a little bit, and I was like, well, let me see if I can just get through all yeah. three sets. And shocker i got through all three sets <laughs> and actually felt like i got a better workout that way with lighter weight than i did trying to lug up and do heavier weight so i am still getting into my brain that this whole like lighter weight thing i saw this thing on, on tiktok and this this young guy and he's like all ripped out but mm-hmm. he lifts with all really light weight and i guess people were commenting to him about how do you, why do you lift with such light weight and he stated, he goes, because he goes, you're trying to isolate the muscle. He's like, it's not about lifting. He goes, when these guys lift these big weights and they use all these extra muscles, he started going to specifics for like a curl. Like they're using their pecs and they're using their shoulder to, to curl that weight. He's like, I just wanted to be my bicep. So I'm using enough weight that it's only my bicep doing all the work. He's like, that's why he has lighter weights. And he's like ripped out. Yeah, he made up science. And it's fun when people do that. He made up science? He did. That's not real. Uh the, a better way to put that out to the masses is that you can gain just as much muscle and get um, – I mean, these are legitimate meta-analyses and in, in studies that, that have proven this. But you can gain similar amounts of muscle lifting anywhere from 5 up to 30 reps in a given set. The most important factor is that you are pushing close enough to failure to stimulate the body to adapt to the process. So somebody who is using their pecs and and extra muscles on a curl is likely doing the curl wrong or trying to fling, you know, movement into it to work past failure because I've done that as well. If if I'm doing curls and I've done strict curls to a certain point and I'd like to, you know what, I want to scream out a few more reps, then I'll swing the weight up and control it on the way down. It's a way of lifting past failure. And... I, I would argue that especially if somebody is trying to lose body fat, they're eating at a deficit, um, 
and they're not trying to hop on stage. So, and again, if he's he's looking to be shredded, I don't know how old the guy is or what he's doing. It was I have no idea his name or anything. I just it was right. one of those things because that that there's a bunch of different factors there. But uh, utilizing as many muscle groups as possible to get a movement done is more functional and related to life. Completely isolating a muscle. Tell me where in life you're going to completely isolate your bicep to get something done. You're just you're not. You're going to use more musculature, and this is about functional movements being healthy and strong. If you're going to hop on stage, sure, you need to dig into more accessory work. You need maybe to isolate a little bit more. Doing, maybe he's so. The, so that's the, the, the shitty thing guy. about somebody like that offering this blanket advice on how to train my way is that it doesn't apply to the average individual. And this is why people get so confused. They look at somebody online who shredded to hell, and I want to do what that person's doing. And then that person's like, you should do what I'm doing. It doesn't apply. It's why everybody that I'm coaching now has a different workout plan. Everybody's life is different and everybody's life goals are different. Some people's will align, don't get me wrong. And, and that's, that might be a path where you can do something similar. But it's, but it's different. And I have a big problem with influencers who have these big followings, which it's apparently fairly easy to get one on TikTok if, if you know, you, you look good, happen. you have something people want, or you're talented, which is, is great, but it's, it, it reaches a lot of people. So followers do not make you a professional. Followers can make you a professional in your, your, you know, your own training and, and how far you've succeeded, but that dude has likely had a coach who got him to where he needs to be. He's not a good coach if he's telling the masses to simply do what I'm doing. I don't think necessarily he was coaching either. He was just giving... Right. Well, it's 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 thing, a bad influencer yeah, as yeah. far as I'm concerned to put that I out there. You thing. have to give people more information than simply saying, yeah, do what I'm doing and this is why. And then he obviously made up the why, which blows my mind. But anyway, what I took from it was the idea of stop trying to do heavier weight because just because do weights that you actually can function and do the full moves with right okay fine let's bring this back to you (laughs) (laughs) no i should have come back around to you yes so how that applies to your (laughs) program i mean it's only called you know whatever uh yeah when it applies to your training lifting heavy it has it has its place in which i have you doing it but within your range of motion, your ability. Even lifting heavy weights in a lower range, you should still be able to get through the full range of motion. You should still be able to lift the, the lift safely. But lifting you know, leg curls like that, I don't even lift a lot of weight on those. And that's kind of a learning curve as well. So yes, being able to, to consistently slow down that rep, fully control it, and get through all rep ranges, you're golden. And again, the studies are showing you can get just as many results anywhere between those five to 30 reps. You start to get diminishing returns past 30. And I might be making up the five. It might be three. I think it's five. But the 30 is kind of your diminishing returns above that point is what, what they found. So the, the reps are less important than you pushing yourself on any given set, which is another reason why you can split up your workout through the day. Because each set you've done, you've told your body, oop, we need to adapt to this. And then, you know, a couple hours down the road when you finish your workout, oop, we need to adapt to this. Because you are pushing each set within roughly one to three reps of, of mechanical failure. Volitional failure, there's like three types of failure. Basically, you think, yeah, I've got maybe one or two more reps and my form will start to degrade. Let's stop there. It's hard for me to realize where that is. For now. That's if it's in your head, you will start to realize. And if you right now, 
you're not lifting at your strength potential. You're still learning the moves. Um, you're still getting better at it. You're still increasing neural efficiency in the movement and getting better and better. So push a couple of sets to failure. Just do it. Find out where your form, you're like, okay, that's my form might be starting to break down here. Or, or literally, you might be halfway through a rep and be like, I, I can't finish that. And think about how you felt on the rep prior to that. You'll kind of create that mental connection at that point to be like, okay, I I'm, I'm probably can't lift this next rep. The only one that I feel like I've done that pretty well with has been the bench. Okay. Because as you're going up, you can feel it getting tough. You're like, I may only have one or two left. And that's when I put it down. Now, the, the bench one is tough when you're first really starting out because you also have that psychological edge of, I don't want to drop this bar on me. So not having a spotter is... As, as a safety, it's harder to push towards I definitely failure. don't want to drop that bar on me. Right. Yeah. And, and this whole thing, too, people think they're just going to cr- you know, cave their chest in on no, that. No, I don't like, think, I'm not no, pushing you that don't. kind of then way. You're yeah, one of the yeah, rare. Yeah. But people even not pushing that weight, they're like, I don't want to slam down my chest. It won't. Like, you would fail slowly on the way down. And here's the funny thing. Anybody who's ever benched consistently has ended up with that chest on their bar and not able, or, sorry, the bar on the chest and not able to push it back up. You are never, ever, ever actually stuck under there unless you have collars on the bar. Do not ever put weight collars on the, the bench press bar. Okay, some military yeah, gyms have had to do this. Yeah, tilt it to the side, you know, stay nice and tight so it doesn't. It'll fall off, it'll be loud, you'll be slightly embarrassed, but then just remember, everybody in the gym who has ever pushed any decent weight has been stuck under that bar. So you drop them off, you reset, you do your rest, maybe drop the weight down a little bit or just the amount of reps you're gonna do for that next set and you keep going, move on with your life. I'm going to say I may not, and I might be leaving after that personally, and then <laughs> regroup and come back that's next time. That's what I'm time. trying to get ahead of that. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. that's the case. That's the case. We'll, but- we'll see what happens when we get there. We'll see what happens. <laughs> well, Mike, as we do, I'm going to put you on the spot again and say three basic tips. What are the main three things, if we're going to the gym, what are the main three things to keep in mind when starting out at the gym? Starting out. Okay. Uh, top one, have a plan. Um, make sure you get a lay of the land and brush up on that gym etiquette, which you can only really do by, by listening to there. our podcast. It's really it. Don't <laughs> or Google by that. being there. Don't give it. Yeah. yeah no, it's saying. because. <laughs> or by being there, asking questions. So go in, be humble. Don't be afraid. Just go in and, and, you know, brush. You can brush up on it. You can look up gym etiquette. Go in armed. A lot of people are afraid to, to just even look up, you know, specific steps to, to do. And I'm sure I kind of remember doing this at another gym years ago. But they'll give you a tour, I feel like, too. Most of the gym people, they'll, like, if you go in and say, hey, it's my first time, they'll walk you through they and will. give you Absolutely. a tour, right? They're happy to do that. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. I, I thought I remember people doing that. So, all right. So now give me three quick uh, must or tips on somebody who's things to remember if you're experienced in the gym, things to remember that tend to be forgotten after you've oh, been in the gym for a while. Look at you pushing my mental uh, abilities. I know. What do you yeah. think? I, the top one that comes to mind is, yeah. and, and we brushed on this during the episode, is remember where you came from. I, I feel like a lot of people who are just judge being judgmental or too hard on other people have legitimately forgotten where they've come from you had a day one in the gym it doesn't matter how advanced you are or how gifted you are you had a day one you felt a little off kilter you felt out of place and these new people in there you can look at them and judge them and scoff at them and i don't know what they're doing or you could be a decent human and realize that they're starting out 
where you did way back when, or maybe in an even worse position than you had. Have some compassion. If you see somebody struggling, ask them if they, they need some help or some direction or, you know, just, just be a good human. That's going to be my number one. Um, as an advanced lifter for, for themselves, and I've found myself doing this, keep the goal in mind and stay on track with your training block. You know, hopping from one training block to the next prior to, to seeing the results you wanted because you've seen some study come out that's like the next latest and greatest. Finish your training block, see what works for you, and then move forward from there as well. And three, this is one I feel like a lot of ad- intermediate to advanced trainees, they have it in their head, they've got it all figured out. They don't. I don't have it all figured out, and I'm pretty damn good. <laughs> so get help when you need it reach out to somebody, ask for advice. Um, you know, there's always somebody out there that can cut the learning curve for you. And time is our most precious commodity. If you can cut a decade off of that learning curve, why wouldn't you? Absolutely. I feel like it's a good place to end it for today. Um, but I also like the motto of just be a good human in general. <laughs> That's probably that? a good thing to do yeah. in life in general. So be a good human. That's what we say here at Finding My Fit at 40. Thanks for listening, guys. Again, I'm Victor here with Mike. We'll be back next week to talk some more with you guys, do another update. And if you have anything you want to hit us up with, you can hit us up on our Facebook page or email us at findingmyfit at 40 at gmail.com. Otherwise, guys, have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you soon. We love you.